and of our country. That's what they worry about the most. Another fear that they came across was losing a loved one. And then another one again, which we mentioned, was death itself. Fear is a real thing. In the beginning, fear was not a part of the world. God created the Garden of Eden and created Adam and Eve to live in it. I want you to just follow with me for a minute. If you like to look in your Bible and read along, that's fine. But Genesis, the second chapter, I'm just going to read some verses for you this morning to kind of give us a picture of how sin entered the world. It's a familiar passage, Genesis 2. We start with 8 through 17. It says this, Now the Lord had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put man, the man he had formed. And the Lord made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first one was Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah where there's gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic, resin, and onyx were also there. The name of the second river is Gion. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of the Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. This garden had to be like nothing we've ever seen. Imagine life full of nothing but peace and joy and no doubts. You have permission to take care of the garden. Hard to imagine living like that, especially if you don't like to do gardening. But it was amazing. So then God created Eve to be this companion and everything changed. The man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. There was no sin in the world. There was no doubt. There was no distrust. There was no evil. There was no anger. And we had this world that was just a perfect place to be a part of. Then we go to Genesis 3, verses 1 to 7. Now the serpent was, serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. There's so much more to this story, but I want to stop here this morning and just once again say this is how sin came into the world. Our topic this morning is death is defeated. And it, it can be a, a, a depressive topic, and it can be something where all of us have uh, tender memories of death, of loved ones that have died, of being concerned about our own uh, time to be with the Lord. But this morning, I want to point out that it's unshakable hope that we have in Christ that gives us the chance to see that death is defeated. It's not something that we have to worry about. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15, 54 says, death has been swallowed up in victory. 
And that's where I want to go this morning. Because as I look at it, I realize that, that we all carry, uh, we've done a number of uh, little surveys on our crosses. I love to get time, I love to have time to pray for you. And I'll bet you over the last 10 years, five or six times every time we put it up there, people say that they're afraid of dying. So it's a real thing. And it's something that, that we have to look at. I, I want to look at three areas this morning in, the, in this concept of this unshakable whole promise of death has been defeated. The first one is sin's intent. Death entered the world. Romans 5.12 says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. As soon as sin entered the world, we became connected with death. And as soon as we became connected with death, having to deal with sin became a struggle. The fall of Adam and Eve put us in a struggle that always affects us. Sin is destructive. And if left alone, destroys anything in its way. Now, I'm, I'm painting a picture this morning for you so you begin to see the intention of sin. The intention of the enemy was to bring this sin in and what it would cause us to do. It connected us to, sin connected us to death and, and destruction. One of my favorite verses is John 10.10. 10. Because John 10.10 10 talks about the design of the enemy and puts us right in view of what God wanted to do through his son Jesus. The first part of John 10.10, which I underlined, is the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's the goal of the enemy, to steal, to kill, and destroy. So you and I get caught up in that, that intent. We get caught up in that whole target, and we don't realize that the, the harder we fight, the more we, we lose the battle because he's trying to steal and kill and destroy. And then he finishes that by saying this, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. One translation says abundantly. So you see... Something good comes out of something that's evil because we have this abundant life that we don't have to struggle with. I wrote here the important thing, again, to realize is the enemy's intent. We can't mess around with sin. I read a blog this week, and I loved it. And, and it, was a, it had this quote in there. Some of you may have read this by Suzanne Wesley. I put it on the, the board. The, the mother of John Wesley defined it this way. Take this rule. Whatever weakens your reason, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, or takes off your, off your relish of spiritual things, in short, whatever increases the strength and authority of your body over your mind, that thing is sin to you, however innocent it may be in itself. Whatever you think sin is, her definition brings to life areas we all struggle with. Weakens your sense of reason. You see, if, if we know that the intent of sin is to steal, kill, and destroy, then suddenly our reasoning skills are weakened. It impairs the tenderness of your conscience. Suddenly, the things that we know we shouldn't be a part of, we allow into our lives. I, I can look back over the 22 years that I was a youth pastor and, and how I walked through with so many of the youth that God entrusted us with and how they made these decisions that changed their lives drastically because one of the things it did is it impaired the tenderness of their conscience. They felt like they knew it all. They felt like they wanted to step into this arena. And as they stepped into this arena, many times, if they were honest, they came back to me and said, John, I'm not able. I can't, I can't deal with this. What I've seen and what I'm dealing with is just too much for me to handle. It obscures, she mentioned, it obscures your sense of God. Suddenly, the powerful, man, I loved our worship time today. There were so many songs that talked about how the, the beautiful name of Jesus, and we talked about the, the power we have. And as we raise a hallelujah, we begin to see that there's this powerful God that's intended for us, a life that brings victory. 
And suddenly we begin to, to doubt that because if we have sin in our lives that we've never dealt with, dealt with, it obscures your sense and my sense of who God is. And suddenly he's not the all-powerful God. And suddenly I'm not absolutely sure that he can do what I, think he, what I know he's supposed to do, and I begin to doubt it, and then I see it in maybe my family, and then I see it in those around me, and suddenly I've allowed that part of sin to, as she put it, uh, increase the strength and authority of my body over my mind. It takes off your relish of spiritual things. Whatever increases the strength and authority of your body over your mind, that thing is sin to you. I listed some this morning. Pride, selfishness, bitterness, anger, lethargy, laziness, gossip, pornography, gluttony, gluttony, greed. Gluttony? There's a good gluten. You think I'm stuck in this whole society of gluten-free and dairy-free? Yes, I have three kids that are that way, man. It's doubled our budget, and you know what I mean. That's why it's a sin to me. I'm mad at gluten. <laughs> That's good. So if it's gluttony you're struggling with, forget it. I, I didn't even mention that one. Greed, just to name, name some of them. Oh, Kenny, there's another little one I, can, I do. Yes, I'm so good at those. Okay. Remember what he said in John 10, 10. The devil's here to, to kill and steal and destroy. And so as we see that, we begin to realize that, that I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. If you are struggling in this area this morning of the intent of sin, I want to give you the freedom of God in your life to defeat that because death has been defeated. The second thing I see this morning is sin's impact. And I see it here as far as Christ's death. With sin so prevalent, God is in his love for us, knew what had to happen. Sin's impact. So here comes sin, and the intent of sin is to kill, to kill, steal, and destroy. Say that phrase a bunch of times. Kill, steal, and destroy. It gets there. I practiced that a whole bunch, Brian. I was, that was one of mine I had to work this week on. John 19.30 says this. When he had finished the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. Sin's impact was, was Christ's death. The impact of sin took God's son to the cross and to death. It had to happen because the power that sin had over us could only be defeated by God. If Christ only died, then sin's impact would have dictated how we would live in defeat. If he only died and stopped there, then sin would have dictated, its impact would have dictated how we would live. We see God's design, and it's this in Matthew 28, 5 and 6. Then the angel came to the women do not be afraid, for I know that, that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he had lay. God had no thoughts of sending his son to only die by that process that sin had dictated. We have unshakable hope in God, and that was his design. Nobody can claim with authority that they've returned from the dead. Many make the claim, but none have followed through except Jesus. Faith is amazing. In our Unshakable Hope series that we're working through, Lucado provides a key to Christianity. Christ's death, carrying in your sins and mine to the cross to be defeated. As we build on his hope, we believe Christ did for us, we believe that, that Christ did this for us, and then he rose again. We, we talked about being stamped in his image. We have unshakable hope because we are his image bearers. We've talked about the, our prayers have power because we have this unshakable hope. We've talked about God sees, he, he gives grace to the humble. He, he helps us realize that there's this important thing in our lives. We also know that, that 
He gets us. We talked last week about He gave us Jesus. So you're sitting here this morning, and you're looking at this topic, and you're trying to figure out, okay, this point of death having been defeated is a huge cornerstone and a huge foundation for you and I to understand what unshakable hope means. We then see sin's implosion. Christ's resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-6, this is the defeat of sin and death, and we, we begin to see the importance of this. Beginning with verse 3, it says, For I, what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Christ obliterated sin and its influence by his sacrifice on the cross. Now, here's the interesting thing to me this morning. God attacks sin and death head on. The fear of dying is very real. But Christ took the fear of dying out of death by providing life. We can talk about that later, but... but but I think as you think about it, and as I think about it, I don't want to die. It's not that I wake up every morning and say, you know what, today, Lord, I want to die. I have, I have a very healthy respect of death. And I have a very real perspective. Because as I get older, more and more people that I love, that are close to me, that I know, that I've known in the past, are going away from this life. And yet, as I work that through, I realized that, that Christ knew that he, God knew that he needed to defeat the death through his son Jesus, and as he did that, he faced it head on by providing life. So this morning, if you are one of those that is afraid of dying, or you can't handle the, the, the fear of losing someone that you love, and you begin to look through it, I want to share with you that the unshakable hope that God gives us through his son Jesus, through his death on the cross and through resurrection, gives you and I the victory over that very fear. Gives us the ability to leave it in his hands. And, and we could talk about generations, but one of the things that I still I, I get a kick out of is the, the baby boomers. One of the things that we do as baby boomers, because that's who I am, is we literally made our minds up and we stick with it. Now, if we made our minds up wrong and we stick with what is wrong, we're too stubborn to see that we just continue to make the same mistake. But when you settle the faith issue and you know that God has defeated death, then that's how our lives can be structured. Death's been defeated. I don't have to worry about it. But he did so through a very unusual thing, life. He didn't get this downer of a message and talk about how gruesome death could be and all these things. He simply said the best way to defeat life is through life. The best way to defeat death is life. And he did that through Jesus dying on the cross, taking our sins, leaving them in hell, and then raising again to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. And that's where we live today. Hope was removed. First Peter 3.18 says this, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. He brought us to God. Ken Boa in his book, Transforming His Image, it's a, it's a deep book, I really like it. He's written a lot of great books. He shares about our image in Christ as a result of his resurrection. And I, I want to share these with you this morning, because build on them just for a minute. The first point he tells us is found in Galatians 2.20. As a result of his, res his resurrection, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. That's a great place to start. 
I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Today, yesterday, this week, throughout our lives, throughout this month, when can we remember that we say, hey, Christ lives in me? I've been crucified with Christ. So I can allow him to, to live and to show through into my life. Number two, I have forgiveness from the penalty of sin because Christ died for me. We read Corinthians 15, 3, and it said, according to the scriptures, Christ died for us. Our image in Christ as a result of his resurrection allows us to go to point number three. I have freedom from the power of sin because I died with Christ. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, he himself bore our sins in his body and on the tree so that we die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds, you have been healed. I have freedom from the power of sin. That's a claim we need to make today. There are sins that want to hang on and they want to take us down every time we experience victory. And he says to us, he reminds us today that we have victory from the power of sin. Number four, I have fulfillment from this for this day because Christ lives in me. And Philippians 1.21 says, and you remember this, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I have fulfillment for this day because Christ lives in me. How often have your worries and your fears put you in a position where you can't move beyond them? Every time you try to experience that, that fulfillment, you realize now he says to us today, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then number five, by faith I will allow Christ to manifest his life through me. 1 Corinthians 2.14 in the New Living Testament says this, but thank God He's made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. We are to spread the knowledge. Death is a real thing. And death without Christ and death without the Lord puts it in a whole different perspective. But I stand in front of you this morning and share with you that when we have realized that victory, that death has been defeated, it changes how we live and it changes how we die. This week, a very important person in our family went to be with the Lord. My brother's wife, Janice, passed away early Wednesday morning after a three-year struggle with cancer. And, and, and what I want to share with you this morning is, and, and yes, I want you to pray for their family. There's four kids. There's uh, three great spouses. They have five grandkids. Two of them were just born. Janice was able to see both of them before she went to be with the Lord. But the perspective of death being defeated has never been more real to me than watching my sister-in-law go to be with the Lord. She had strength. She had love for God. She had love for her family. She had love for those around her. She had very important things. She knew that God wanted to, had, had a purpose for her. She wrote great blogs in the Caring Bridge through the whole three years. And at the end, God took her very peacefully. And it wasn't like a family who... We know that death's been defeated, and we watch this whole process. We are very sad because she will be missed. She was very young. She was my age. And she had grandkids that she wanted to see grow up, but she knew that the Lord had a plan for her. And one day, God took a three-year-old home with her, with him. And it was, it's been a tough thing. So you, you know how, you know, and as I stand before you this morning, as I look at this, this topic, I thought, how interesting. God has revealed how important it is to have death in my life, as a victory. All of us need to face this. And all of us can. And to me, again, as a, a baby boomer, it's one of those things where I feel like God has defeated death. 
And so for me to struggle with it, I can't because I want to have that victory and I want to live that way. And I got so many other things to worry about. Of course, I'm concerned about it. If I leave this world, there's a lot of people I'm going to miss. And there's a lot of people I won't miss. But I want to be able to just experience that victory as God gives it to me. And I'm watching my brother and his family through a very difficult time. What a blessed feeling to know she's with the Lord. And what a peaceful foundation in Christ to band together and experience his victory in time of need. I want to finish this way this morning. And I've got nine minutes. Put a paragraph on the the screen that says, Sin and death entered the world, which is not the life God intended for us. Through his son, Jesus, death was defeated when Christ died on the cross, taking our sins upon himself. Then by rising again, Christ not only defeated death, but gave us victory over sin and death. And I want to give that promise to you again, because as we go through this Unshakable Hope series, what God reminds me of is how important it is to take these principles and to allow them to be a part of my life. You and I have many different ways. And as we face it, how we deal with it gives us the The first question I have for you this morning is, have you found unshakable hope in the face of death? And as Lucado says, you can. Have you found unshakable hope in the face of death? You can. And then the second thing that he says today is that Jesus walked the path through death into everlasting life. Jesus is saying, follow me. And the question that I have for you this morning is, what is keeping Jesus today? What is keeping you from receiving Jesus today? There's four things I want to reiterate this morning. And the first one is that we have forgiveness. You're struggling here today with this whole area of and doubt, and discouragement, we have forgiveness available to us. And we can utilize that. And that's, death has been defeated. We can ask for forgiveness. So if that's where you're living today, then I want to encourage you to seek forgiveness for those sins. They don't need to hang on. They don't need to easily entangle us. They need to be defeated so that we can move on. The second one in this image of resurrection is Freedom. And there may be some things today that you and I struggle with because we just have never found the freedom to receive that forgiveness. I've heard it time and time again in all my years of ministry. John, that's just who I am. That's the way God made me. That's what I struggle with. And I I, I love to say to them, but God has given us this freedom to move beyond that. So if you're struggling this morning in this area, then realize that His resurrection, which defeated death, provides freedom. Fulfillment is the third one. And fulfillment of my life. And I realize that uh, God has a plan in my life, and He gives me this ability to see His purpose and to see fulfillment and to be involved in things that, that are meaningful and purposeful and impactful and have a chance to see His kingdom being furthered. And as we begin to see that, we realize that it's that fulfillment that God gives you and me. Now, I understand that there are things in life that we struggle with. Sometimes we struggle with our marriages. Sometimes we struggle with relationships that God gives us. Sometimes within our own families we struggle with things because we're just not exactly sure where our family is and where we are. God wants to bring fulfillment in our day as we see Him because death has been defeated. Sometimes 
We struggle with little simple things because we've never gotten over it. And God wants you and I to know he's got a, pur- a purpose for us. And in that purpose, he wants us to accomplish great things. I think often about the time when my grandpa, who was a circuit riding preacher, went to be with heaven. It was in 1975. And I've told you this before. Above his bed was a little one that said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that's the fulfillment that God gives me. And my grandpa was a, was a hilarious kid. He was very black and white. He was very focused in on always preaching the word. And I told you he's gone all over the, this area as a circuit riding preacher. And lots of people came to know the Lord. But, but that was his goal. And, and you and I can have that fulfillment. Instead of sitting here today in doubt and worrying about the sin and the guilt that we have. And, and just sometimes am I worthy, Lord, of, of what you've asked me to do? And I'm not doing anything. Fulfillment comes from if you have kids and a family being the great wife, mom, dad, father, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, cousin, wherever God puts you, whatever part of the family he's put you in, whether you are single or you're always, we're all part of a family, we're all part of God's family. The fulfillment comes as we realize what he wants to do with us because death has been defeated. And then the final one is that faith issue because you and I have to be men and women of faith. We have to be people who are saying, I'm going to believe that death has been defeated, and I'm going to believe it so strongly that it affects what I say, and what I do, and where I go, and how I live, and what I say to different people. There are times in my life where I realize that I need to say something about the fact that God has given me this ability to, to experience this incredible life that, that He's living in and through me. And sometimes it's real easy just to be quiet. But because of his resurrection, the faith that I have, and the, the, that I have this ability to really understand that God did this for me makes all the difference in the world. And then I look around in the world around me and I see all these people who don't have that assurance, who don't live. So as I finish this morning, I ask you this, is it forgiveness that you need? In just a minute, I'm going to give you a chance to just ask Jesus to forgive your sins because that's what he wants to do. Is it that freedom you need to claim and just move from here to a point where you just got to live the way he wants you to? Is it the fulfillment that you're struggling with? This ability to, uh, to just see his purpose and his power and his vibrant in your, vibrance in your life? Or is it the faith area that you're struggling with? And you've just never moved beyond this, hey, I believe what's going on is true. I finished with this. This morning, you are people of faith. Because you are sitting in the chairs in Nehemiah Center, and by faith you believe that the people that put those chairs together did it right. And you're not going to fall. It's not going to collapse. Because you are faith people. And if you look at me this morning and say, John, I just can't, I'm telling you that there's this ability to believe as a nurse. Let's pray this morning as we, uh, we finish. Lord, we give this, this service to you. We know that you planned this time for us together specifically to look at this idea of your love for us by defeating death. And there are all kinds of agendas and thought processes and hurts and burdens and things going on around this congregation this morning, and I pray that you would just specifically bring us forgiveness and fulfillment. And Lord, as we, as we deal with it and as we struggle with it, my prayer this morning is that you will give us this chance today to again claim your unshakable hope as death has been defeated. Thanks, Father. It's in your name we pray.